And welcome to another episode of Amrix Weekly here on Beyond the Blade. I am your co-host, Chad Dedeman Assistant, as always, for these Amrix podcasts. I am joined by Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amrix. Keith, busy weekend for you, man. So how's it going? Hey, hey, what's up, Chad? Yeah, it was a very busy weekend on my part and wasn't looking too good to start. Kind of mediocre partway through and... The Emmerich saved the day, so it's uh, ended on a on a decent note. Yeah, so I mean, three games over the weekend. Friday was just kind of one of those nights where the second period got away from them. Overtime loss on Saturday. It didn't look pretty earlier today this afternoon, but they pulled out the win on Sunday. Well, today, obviously, in a comeback win. So quickly, you know, how would you kind of summarize how the three-game stretch you went on the road? I mean, three out of six points isn't bad, you know, <clears> on a three-game road trip back, no, back to back to back. You know, I, I think that uh, three games um, showed, you know, great teams are going to lose a game here and there. So, you know, a loss is a loss. Uh, Saturday's game was they kind of gave that one up, um, you know, and found a way on Sunday afternoon. So, overall, I think, you know, we put the Emmerichs up on a pedestal of being a great team. You know, this almost kind of settles them down into that, hey, they're still a good team. And, you know, they found a way to win just like their uh, their parent team. and. 10 days off, it was, you know, a week off was kind of rough, but they found a way and, you know, they'll put one of the games behind them like it had never existed and kind of ride off the come, back, come from behind win and kind of carry that into next week. So before I get into the, uh, the, good, the good part of this, I uh, saw that Victor Olsen got back in the lineup today. How did he look in his first game back? You know, it looked like he didn't miss a beat. Um, you know, over watching practice all week was kind of concerned the fact that he was not part of any of the Emmerichs, you know, regular team skates. He was skating with the trainer. So he was at least skating. But usually, you know, if a guy's not participating in the actual, you know, team skates, kind of questionable. So the fact that he got into the lineup today was uh, on Sunday afternoon was a great sign. You know, they, they're not going to they're not going to push someone to play if they're not ready. Right. And the fact that he went on the road. Right, exactly. And the fact that, you know, he still went on the trip with them, that must have shown that they were hopeful and he got a new lineup and, you know, he made his presence known right away. He was, you know, to Rasmus Asplund finally scored his first pro goal. Well, I should say North American pro goal. I don't want to take anything away from (laughs) what he did in Sweden. Uh, But, you know, the Asplund scored his goal and, you know, his, Olsen was, you know, made a quick play at the blue line, forced a turnover, and sent Asplund on his way down the ice, and, you know, Asplund scored. 
you know, it didn't look like Olsen missed a beat at all. He was definitely, uh, you know, Amrick's offense looked more, a little more like an offense today with him in the lineup as far as just, you know, the way he shoots the puck and leads the play. So it was good to have him back in there for sure. So you mentioned Aspen. That's kind of where I was going to go next year. It's a good transition. So he's, you know, we've talked about before in the last few episodes, and, you know, I've even seen you written about it recently this week too. He's playing well, and it's hard to kind of show that. Like we've talked about before, you don't, you don't have the – Advanced stats to get in the NHL. We go. I know he's not scoring like Casey Millsap, for example. But look at all these numbers that say how well he's doing and how he's creating offense and generating. And it must feel good for him today. It shows up on the scoreboard where you know it was one of his better games you could say of the season. And you know he gets a point and assist out of this game. And you kind of wonder if that kind of propels him going forward. You know he he gets that goal to finally go in. Now he can start relaxing and kind of get going here. Yeah, it's kind of like Justin Bailey. Like in Bailey, he was. They say snake bitten. He wasn't didn't score any goals. Got one in, and then you know he's kind of been playing better since then. Um, Asplund same way. He had a great chance on Saturday afternoon that just went off a pad. Could have went in. You know he's had scoring chances before, and then you know relating to what I wrote about earlier in the week, you know, and we've talked about you know the lack of stats in the AHL as far as publicly go. You know, right. it kind of got me wondering. And I, I talked to Asplund. I talked to Chris Taylor and Toby Peterson, trying to get something out of them and you know coaches are always going to stick up for the players there's no no doubt about that of course of course um but you know at one point when I was talking to Toby Peterson the assistant coach he kind of stopped himself and he was like I'm not going to go too deep here um <laughs> you know because I was trying to get that out of me like how is he doing on faceoffs? how is he doing on scoring chances and they're not going to give those numbers up um but you know definitely the way they talked about him is you know, in a positive way as far as what he is contributing. And it's not just the, you know, hey, we're going to stick up for our player and hype him up. It was, you know what, he's, he's doing well. And it finally paid off for him. And thankfully, it was, you know, it was a breakaway goal. And, you know, he made it, made it look pretty. And when I talked to him about it, he wasn't happy about, you know, he made it known he's not happy with just one point. And, you know, now that he got that goal, he gets that old, you know, saying monkey off his back and right. not be snake bitten anymore. And, you know, see what happens next game. But, uh, you know, credit to his, his linemate, Olsen, being back in the lineup that started all that. Before we get to the most exciting part about this, you mentioned Bailey. He's another guy I kind of wanted to ask you about again because he's, you know, he was a guy we talked about a few weeks ago where, like, I don't know, is his, is his changes here in Buffalo done? He's not giving you anything. And here we are, you know, two or three weeks later, he's staying hot. He's scoring goals. He's being an effective player for this team. <laughs> he scored twice on Saturday. So, you know, it, it looks like, I don't know if a coach got through to him, maybe just scoring that first goal in Buffalo kind of propelled him. Uh, but it's at the very least encouraging, you know, that we're kind of starting to see some life out of Bailey here and he's scoring and filling the net and being an effective player in Rochester. Yeah. And you know what? It, it, yeah, I think we may have mentioned it last week, but uh, again, we'll give credit to, you know, it kind of all started with Sean Malone getting back in the lineup. Yep. You know, Malone being back in the lineup, he, you know, he wins faceoffs. He creates that space, you know, and what Bailey does best is, taking off down ice and finding open space and, you know, Malone helped create that for him. You know, in a way you kind of wondered is, uh, you know, where's Bailey fit as far as the Sabres, you know, go still questionable, but so I guess you kind of wonder, you know, the way Nylander even playing Malone's playing well, Bailey, I really don't pay that much attention as far as how like contracts go in Buffalo, but Hey, do those three have a future? Is it possible line together? Still a long ways to go until next season and years ahead, but they all kind of feed off each other and, you know, make each other better. And it's obvious the way they, 
you know, they put up points and, you know, lead the way down ice. So let's not cut around the bush here and let's just get to the, the main guy here. And I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. Lawrence Pilot is pretty good, huh? Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's pretty darn good. You know, he just, he makes everything. It, it almost sounds like a broken record week after week. We talk I know, about I know, I know. <laughs> he just talks about it and, you know, it's, you know, I have to go back and find one of the plays. You know, I wish there was an easy way to just create a highlight reel of everything that that guy does that isn't scoring. Um, you know, there was one play today that puck coughed up at the blue line and odd man rushed down the ice. He made his way back and got right into the other player and, you know, stopped a rush. You know, it's just those extra little plays that, you know, they're not going to show up on the score sheet in, in the American League. But, you know, there's a reason that he's a, what is he, a plus 16 now, I think. No matter what anybody says, there's, there's no, you know, about plus minus stat. If somebody's a plus 16, they're doing everything, everything right. There's, there's, you know, at the stay, you can go on and say it's, everything's working out for the guy. You know, it's interesting. It's something we've talked about before. And like I said, it's a broken record. It's how long, how long can the Sabres kind of ignore this kid, what he's doing and how much of a factor he can be at the NHL level. But, you know, we, we always joke around or some people aren't joking, but you know, there's a back and forth where, you know, oh, you're taking our players kind of thing here. But really with pilot, the thing is, you know, that might start to become, I guess, a factor in whether he gets his shot with the Sabres or he doesn't, is if you take him off that Rochester lineup, I mean, that is a significant piece you take off that roster. It feels like all the time I'm seeing Pilot made this pass to generate this offense, or Pilot made this long pass, or made this pass, or did this, or this. I think he generates so much offense and so much, you know, drives the play, gets the puck up the ice for that team, that we're, you know, it is what it is. If he deserves an initial shot, he gets it, but Really, I'm just I'm more curious from your standpoint. You know, if if he leaves, that does leave a big hole in that roster. Am I right? Oh, you're you're absolutely right, and that's you know, and that's something that you know you have to think others notice. But you know, he's got you know after Sunday's game, he has 22 points in 15 games. Tied for the you AHL know, lead. Yeah, tied for AHL lead as a defenseman. Right. You know, and that's the take him out of the lineup and who takes his role. It's not like, uh, you know, Gooley is, is playing lights out, putting up points this year, you know, or, you know, just if I left, does Gooley step into that role and find a way, you know, but the grand scheme thing, you take pilot off of this Amherst roster and, you know, they go from, you know, leading team to questions on the blue line and, you know, kind of be tough for anybody to separate in and you know take over his role um you know and that's you know that jason botterill and randy sexton have you know they look at the big picture of everything right you know obviously pilot can't be ignored but you know at the same point you know sabers are doing well so you know sabers are doing well and doing everything they can you know i guess what's the rush of you know putting them in or you know, they'd have to move a defenseman and then put him in and swap someone out, you know. Yeah. I mean, in they... theory, you know, the Amherst could get back like a Casey Nelson or maybe even a Nathan Bolu if he was a clear waivers, which I don't think he would, but I see Nelson could. But again, he's not pilot, you know, so really, unless there's some sort of move there, there's really no player to kind of replace him. Right, absolutely. And that's, you know, he is a big part of the offense and the defense as well. And that's, that's definitely, a, you know. Yeah, they raised a lot of questions. And, you know, again, if, if Pilot was called up, you know, we've joked around before about taking our players, this and that. And, you know, and there's no doubt that Pilot, you know, is an NHL player. 
you know, how that impacts everything down the road is, you know, is going to be interesting. Um, you know, if the Sabres keep playing the way they are, you know, is there, you can answer this better than me. Is there a need for him? I mean, you, you want him, Yeah. But is there, is there an absolute need for him versus, Hey, this kid is, you know, not a kid. This, this guy is leading the league in the American league. You know, if he carries the Amherst to a Calder cup, that makes next year that much better for the Sabres. Right. There's the need and one, I guess. Is they, do they need him? You know, you can answer that one for me. Yeah, it, it's a tough. I guess it depends. It, it asks me on a you know every night it kind of varies. You know, it's <laughs> there's you know say you will the Sabers are playing good. Uh, you know, part of it I think might be in spite of their defense. You know, there's still I think issues outside of Rasmus Dahlin with getting the puck up the ice. You know, Pilot could definitely help that. I think he easily steps in as a second best you know puck distributor on this team if he comes up to the Sabers and you know, it's no slight against the guys here, but there's so many times, you know, pucks just flicked in the neutral zone, they're high off the glass, they're hitting behind guys and skates, and, you know, outside of Darlene and his beautiful passing, you really don't see a lot of that from the blue line. So, you know, could they use it? Sure. Do they need it right now on a five-game winning streak? No. Let the Amherst keep rolling. You know, your your defense is getting by for now. Uh, if January comes and you're in the midst of a playoff race and, you know, you want to make that push and – your defense is still kind of middling, then I think that's kind of when we see maybe a move happen, you know, unless there's some sort of injury here. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. You know, I, I think right now both teams are winning. He's doing well. The Sabres are doing well. While he, they could definitely – he'd be a bump in improvement, I just think the better play is to kind of leave as is. You know, it's, it's disappointing, you know, because up here we want to see this guy get in here and play and help because we see all the highlights. But, you know, taking a step back and being real about it, you know, this, this makes sense to kind of just let this ride out a little bit longer. Right. And, you know, and the bigger picture is, you know, the organization wants the Amherst to keep playing well. The Amherst need to be a great team, you know, and you take him out of the lineup. You look at the last two games, you know, Olsen out of the lineup, well, three games, you know, and they're, uh, you know, they're, they're more of a middle of the road team versus a, a great team they need to be, you know, so that, you know, there's a gap there as far as how the Amherst are going to do in the long run. And that's a big question mark. Uh, you know, no doubt that the move is going to happen at some point. But that's where we need to have, you know, someone like Brendan Gooley to step in and start playing better than he has been, which is, you know, you look at the score sheet and, you know, he's, he had a couple, I think he had an assist this weekend. Um, we have two assists, I believe. And then, uh, you know, he was just on the ice for many other goals and, you know, turnover and, you know, he's definitely not the same defenseman he was at the start of last season. You know, you need to have somebody like him stepping in as far as, you know, the prospect level goes because there really isn't anybody else. Yeah, at least that's here. You're right. Yeah, and, you know, I sometimes I feel like you kind of are reading my sheet here, but you actually have no idea what I'm going to ask you about. But you <laughs> you somehow managed to transition perfectly in every topic I want to bring up. So that, that works pretty well for me. It makes my job easy over here. But uh, Guli was where I was going next. And, you know, it's – He's a guy I've always been high on. He's, I guess, in a way, he's kind of been the crown jewel on the Sabres blue line until Darlene got here, you know, as the next young guy. And there's been struggles this year. You know, he he wasn't that impressive in training camp. I mean, he had his ups and downs. He was good, and then there were some rough patches. And now in Rochester, you know, again, it's kind of – there's struggles there. So I'm curious if kind of your overall feel, if you can kind of tell me what it exactly is he's struggling with. I'm trying to get a grasp. Is this a 20-year-old kid that's just – having some issues is going to fight through it or is there maybe some concern here long-term? 
you know, I don't think there's any reason to say there's concern, concern long-term. Uh, you know, we saw what he could do last year. You know, I'll use, right. uh, you know, today's, today's first, you know, Sunday afternoon, the first goal against um, the Hartford score, there was a kind of turnover to the blue line. You know, no big deal. It happens. Uh, you know, everything happens. But, you know, Peter Holland for Hartford just kind of skated right around goalie and, you know, went by him. Last season, that would have been a play that, you know, he would have turned the wheels on and caught him up, you know, caught up to him, you know, and slowed him down, stopped him, and, you know, prevented a goal. Um, you know, on Friday night's game, the 9-4 loss, not going to put everything on Gouley in any way because it was a bad game for the whole team. But, you know, he ended up being a minus four that game. Um, I think he hmm. was, you know, on the ice for a goal. So, you know, there's a trend there. You know, there's also – you know, everyone's favorite Matt Tennyson on the ice as well for many of those. <laughs> so there's, uh, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, he just, he's playing all right, but he's not that, you know, I guess, you know, fast wheeling defenseman that, you know, we saw last year that we expected him to be, you know, and then maybe it's just, you know, it's still early in the season. They've only played 17 games. You know, I guess it's, probably past the point now saying it's early in the season or we're at that point where we can stop using that, you know, but the next 10 games we should probably be knowing, Hey, is there, you know, is there something to be concerned about or is he just, you know, starting the season slow? Right. Yeah. It's definitely something to keep an eye on throughout the season. You know, I kind of, you know, young defensemen, they're so hard, you know, unless, you know, it's, it's Dallin or it's pilot that, you know, come up and just right away are good, you know, or, or at least effective, you know, there's, a lot of players that have up and downs at a young age and, you know, defensemen are a little harder. They're kind of like goaltenders. I don't want to say like they, they take longer to age out, not as long as goaltenders, but right. I feel like there's more, you know, forwards you can come in here and you can just contribute offensively. Where if defensive, you know, a defensive guy, even like Gooley, who you're expecting offense from with his skating and his offensive ability, he has still to, you know, focus on his defense too. So really there's two ends of the ice he has to focus on and that makes it difficult. So, you know, like you, like you said, I'm not too concerned long-term. I, you know, he's 20 years old. Or twenty-one, even I don't remember exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm not too worried there, but it's it's definitely something I'm keeping my eye on for the rest of the season. You know, that's for sure. You know, that's something you bring up the age. It's you know, again, pilot is a year older, year more mature, and you know, we've all gone and through. Pilot's been playing and, in you know, Sweden too in the professional league. You know, it's a difference from there from juniors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's the the big difference. And you know, we look at where these guys are coming from and, you know, it used to be, Hey, juniors is the way to go to, to make it big. And, you know, it's almost like you're finding, you know, laterals onto something maybe, uh, you know, the college players, the guys from Sweden, they're playing, you know, against other men more or less is, is paying off in the long run. But Hey, that's, you know, now they're in the American league. Gooley is still younger and, you know, there's still plenty of time to catch up. So, well, you know, I think the next, 10 games or so, you know, next few weeks, we'll know where he really stands as far as his development goes. Well, Gooley is 21, by the way. I looked it up when you were talking. So 21 is his official age. Uh, so Utica on Friday, Binghamton on Saturday, two games over the weekend, not three. So kind of, I guess you can say a little bit of a lighter schedule for the Amherst, but still back to back nonetheless in the home and away. Uh you know, what do you, you know, I, I know Utica, they've had some success with, you know, they played a few times, uh, but what, you know, Utica and Binghamton, what kind of was their weekend look like coming up here? So same as usual. Um, you know, I think uh, Sunday afternoon, Toronto beat Binghamton in overtime. So, you know, Binghamton has been doing better than they were previous years. That may be the bigger challenge of the weekend. 
uh, you know, Utica is always going to be a tough team. And, you know, it's going into the weekend. We've mentioned it before. It's going to be, you know, they need wins. So there's really right. no games that, you know, and we've seen it this weekend, you know, that, you know, Providence is, you know, bottom of the Atlantic division and they ended up being the Emmerich in overtime. So, you know, anything can happen. All it takes is taking off one period. And I think, uh, you know, this weekend was a big wake up call for, for this Emmerich team of, you know, they had a week off and, you know, whatever they did did not work or they weren't prepared and, you know, it cost them. So, you know, going into Friday night, uh, the day after Thanksgiving is always a big crowd for Rochester. Um, you know, everybody back in town, I think that's the same for just about any, any hockey team. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually um, pretty rocking here in Buffalo too. Those like they're the game before Thanksgiving and the game after, you know, it's pretty rocking here. Yeah. So it's usually, those are the games that, you know, it's, the Amherst haven't been the best on home ice in front of a large crowd. So it's going to be, you know, it's a chance to say, Hey, here, we're a real team and everybody should come back and see us again. You know, the season gets rolling. So it almost seems like there's uh, more pressure on them to win in that regard than, you know, the grand scheme of things. So it'll be tough. It'll be tough for sure. And, uh, you know, looking at the North division, you know, we talked about the way the Emmerichs are sitting in first place, but Syracuse is six Oh and one in their last seven games. So they're, <laughs> they're creeping up. You know, there was a few weeks ago. It was like, Hey, Syracuse in last place, but you know what? They're, they're finding a way to win and they're, they're doing it. That one overtime loss was the one against Rochester. So, it's something that he, uh, you know, if they're seeing these other teams coming up behind him. So usually we end talking about, you know, who's the call up here. Is there a need to go into this? Or are we still at Pilot and <laughs> CJ Smith here? <laughs> yeah, there's uh, still going to go with Pilot and CJ Smith. Uh, you know, there was one worrisome moment on Sunday's game when CJ blocked the shot, hobbled the bench, but, you know, he didn't miss a shift, came right back out. And, you know, yeah, there's no doubt. It's, it's those two players. They continue to lead the way. Um, you know, I guess the one other thing I'll add that we don't really talk about that often is goaltending is Adam Wilcox stole the game for, for the Amherst on Sunday afternoon. Okay. Um, you know, Scott Wedgwood hasn't been playing bad, but in terms of, you know, you look at the number three goalie in the organization, is he, you know, the number three goalie? That's a, that'd be a big question mark. You know, I mean, they really wouldn't have a choice if something happened in Buffalo, but right. Right. You know, there's Adam Wilcox is on an HL deal. So if, if something happened and they hope it doesn't, you know, because it's great seeing Allmark in Buffalo, you know, I think there's, you know, that's one area that really hasn't been talked too much about is just the way Wedgwood has played. And it's kind of been mediocre and uh, he's getting, he's getting outshined at times by Adam Wilcox. Yeah, so that's something I've, I've been keeping an eye on that. So that's something I'll add in my list that we'll talk about next weekend, kind of after next weekend's game, and maybe revisit that, kind of see where that is. So, again, that's Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amrix. You can follow him on Twitter at Let's Go Amrix and go obviously check out their excellent Rochester content at letsgoamrix.com. Keith, as always, man, I appreciate you coming on, talk a little Rochester hockey with me. Have a great Thanksgiving with your family. So I hope you enjoy your turkey and have a good time. And, you know, we'll talk next week. Yeah, absolutely as well. And uh, hopefully we'll have uh, another upbeat conversation next week and see how things things will go. All right, man. Looking forward to it. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of-